0: to episode 22 of the APW Property Podcast. My name's Callum, and I'm here with Stuart. How are you, Stuart?
1: Very good, thank you. Very, very pleasant to be here again on episode 22.
0: Yeah, we're, uh, we're making headway. Anyway, what are we talking about today? We're talking about how many properties do I need to retire on? How does that sound?
1: Well, it's a bit of an open-ended question, really, isn't it? Because everyone's different, and we've got people from different economies. I once remember reading that to retire in London, you needed a pension pot of about £650,000 and to retire in Nottingham, which was the cheapest location, you needed one of about 300000 But it's very generalistic. I mean, do you know how, how to calculate what you actually do need?
0: Um, how much you need per annum and your lifespan, so up to 90 years old.
1: Oh God, okay. How do you calculate that then?
0: Well, I would would, have, I mean, what I've I've written down is you should look at how much you need to live on per annum and then times that by how long you think you're going to live for, which is a bit morbid because who knows how long you're going to live for, but I would have guessed that's how they did it, you know? Say average life life expectancy of 80-something, now it's probably a bit more than that. You retire at 65, so you're going to need 30 years odd, and if you want 10 grand a year, then that times 30.
1: But that means, does it not, that you have to die at the end of
0: it? Well, this is it. So I was chatting to someone recently and they were telling me about this really old couple that brings their vet into them and uh, she was saying that they're so old, she didn't think they expected to live for that long and they've got no money to even pay for their vet. So yes, you could die at the end of it or um, you could plan properly and keep living.
1: Well, I think the way to, to do it really is to build a, a pot that would give, or this is certainly how I, I certainly look at it, you need to build a pot that you can then draw an income from and that income will be so will be sustaining and you won't actually touch the pot until later on in life if you decide you want to give some away or you want to start spending more money. So you need to work out what exactly is the size of the pot, like I said about London, £600,000. but you know, it's all individual. I was reading on the FSA website, and they were saying that 20 to 25 times current income. So if you, you know, you're looking at, I want thirty thousand oh, pound. I'm earning thirty thousand pounds a year. So you need six hundred to seven hundred thousand pounds as a pot, and from that, you then draw five percent per annum. Which in that case would be thirty thousand pound a year.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the beauty of property, right? Is it, it's not going to be um, dwindling the main part, is it? It's going to be consistent income. But um, look, I, I wrote down three sort of things I feel like we should cover in this podcast, and they were first of all, you know, define what comfortably retire means to you. You know, how many properties do I need to retire? Well, if you're living in Thailand. And you only want ten grand a year, then one property. But if, as you say, you're living in London, then you need more. So define what to comfortably retire means for you. Look at the outcome. Look what you want in retirement, and then you can work back from there and make a plan. Um, the first thing I wrote down was how long is a piece of string. How long is a piece of string?
1: Oh, no, I've got some in the in the office. It's in, uh, rolled up. But I've got it from the shop, and I've only cut a little bit off it. So it's still probably I don't know, um, 30 metres. Well, there we go, right? But that's your string is
0: different to someone else's. So where would you like to retire? Thailand is cheaper than London. What sort of quality of life would you like? Are you happy with the basics or do you want to eat out every day? What age do you plan to retire? Um, Do you want just income or do you want to be building a pot as well? What else will you have to live on? Do you have other pensions? Do you have your national insurance? These are all things you need to consider when looking at the question of
1: how many properties do you need to come to be retired? Okay, well here's a question for you then: What is the average pot, pension pot, that the average person in the UK has? Hmm, seventy
0: thousand pounds.
1: Fifty thousand pounds.
0: Wow, not much, really, is it?
1: Which is national insurance at ten thousand, and the rest is just what they've got. Saved up or in pensions, the average person who is socio economic profile C or below has got a pot of 12,000 pounds, and they have that is just national insurance, and that's what they will live on, which is it's terrible,
0: really. Yeah, and I think actually that's so. Those are people in the UK, and I think for expats, it's uh, even more prominent, right, because you don't often, yes, you get paid a lot more in some instances and you don't pay tax, but um, you don't often get a pension provision. You know, you won't get a pe- pension in the country you're working in unless obviously you're in Malaysia, you get the EPF, but you don't get a pension put in place. So the onus falls very much on you to create something for yourself,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, you know, case studies. I often meet people who have got absolutely um, no savings at all, and they're sort of 50, and that, that seems to be the age that people suddenly start to think I should save some money. I mean, I'm uh, chatting to a, a gent yesterday who's been an expat his ho- whole life literally, he did his post uni training in Beijing and then never went back. So he's done 30 years offshore, and um, bless him legend. <laughs> didn't have a sausage at all obviously he was a great life by the sound of it he's lived a ball But um,
0: and and I think that's the thing as well you know it does go so quickly doesn't it in doing, um, I was reading Matthew McConaughey's book Green Lights the other day and he talks about giving yourself green lights and for people it's very easy to give themselves a green light that's in the next hour or tomorrow or this week but To do it for 10 years from now is very difficult because people just can't picture it but he is saying that the the further away you can give yourself these green lights the better and doing something for your finances or buying a property perhaps that's not going to be paid off for 15 20 years that's a massive green light further down the line but it's often hard to bite the bullet and put the cash aside now because you're not really going to reap the reward from it straight away so i think giving yourself those green lights from a financial perspective as early as possible, is a good thing to do, right?
1: Green lights, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a really, really good book, actually. So it's green, create green lights, not red lights, create things that help you go faster, not slow you down. You know, so basics is don't, as he says, don't lie, cheat and steal. So you're you you know, you're not looking over your shoulder all the time, tell the truth, you put your clothes out if you're going out for a run the next day, pack your bag for the office the, the night before simple things
1: God, sounds yeah. very boring though.
0: it is very boring but um quite, okay so
1: so anyway case study three thousand pounds C-
0: case study here we go
1: three thousand pounds per month is what we want to live on in retirement so how much in reality do we actually need okay you get, no one's gonna be able to avoid all tax or plan for all tax not to use that yes yeah, to say that um so therefore let's calculate we're going to. I have to pay twenty percent tax, so we go from three thousand pound up to three thousand six hundred. Then you got to build in the snafu, and snafu always happens. You know, so let's add in one point five times the amount. So let's take it up to therefore five thousand four hundred pounds per month. You think right, about inflation. It's a, big, it's a big jump. It is, but you know that's your snafu money because some month, some years it's not going to work as you hope. You, know, you might have COVID, or you people might move out of your, your houses that you're renting. So, if you go for a, a safety buffer of 1.5 times, so that's 5,500 5, pounds or 64,800 per annum, okay, which is a tremendous amount. And if you think about it, that is 1.3 million pounds because at 5% per annum, that would be 65,000 quid or so. So, it's a large amount of money. You might say, well, What about inflation? You know what inflation has averaged since nineteen eighty nine by chance? Three per cent. Two point eight five. So two point eight five percent over the low I'm oh no, sorry, two point four nine per cent since nineteen eighty nine. And so then that is gonna erode your wealth away, but at the same time, house prices in the UK have gone up. It was seven percent per annum across the board. So let's calculate it just at five to be on the safe side. So you're still going to get capital appreciation every year. And if you build that into it, then basically you would need, if you think about it, quite a few houses to give you that, stuff, that's what, that amount of money. It's quite frightening. Now, I did a calculation It worked out if you bought one £150,000 house at your age now. Yeah. Okay. Then in three years you remortgage, sorry, six years you remortgage it. Because at 5% growth in three years, uh, sorry, six years, it'll be worth uh, £200,000. You take out 50000 and you buy another one. And then you do that every six years. At the same time, in three years' time, you buy another £150,000 house. So basically one now, one in three years, remortgage in six years, remortgage in nine years, remortgage again. So you do that until you're... 45, and at age 45 through that process, you would have 8 houses all with a minimum of 50,000 pound deposit. So that's sorry, just jump in, that's 15 years using the example. Of yes. A... So 15 years time, you'd have 8 houses and then if you just left them completely then they would all be paid off with a 6% yield at age 60. Okay, and you'll have Two point five million pounds worth of property, which is what you needed originally. That I quoted. to the,
0: There you go, Mike. Drop. Stop the podcast. That's there it. it is, everyone.
1: And that is just what is one house now being bought, one hundred and fifty, and one in three years.
0: Yeah, and that's it. I mean, if you can, I think uh, you know, remortgaging and pulling out equity is a great way to keep keep building. And that's why you know, the sooner you can, sooner you can give yourself that green light, the sooner you can pull out equity and you know, uh, we've met with people that we saw five years ago, and this year they've come back and said, right, I'm ready now. Well, if you'd, I appreciate the time, might not have been right, but if you'd have bought five years ago, you could have remortgaged and you could have been on a second or a third by now. So get going, that's a good example. And you mentioned you need X amount. I mean, so you need, I, I wrote down here, so you need if you were going for £30,000, you have a £600,000 property portfolio. Now that can be what one property, two properties, three properties, four properties, five properties. What is best? Should I have one one big one or should I have six at 100000 or six at £150,000 as, as was your example?
1: I think um, £150,000 is a better because you know with that, you're actually putting fifty grand down on your first one. So 30% deposit, fifty grand, and you're buying a second one in three years, so all you need is actually 100 grand. And But in reality, what I would hope, you'd be able to carry on saving every three years. You know, 1500 pounds a month, most people can afford that, I think, in the offshore world. So, and that way, if you get to age 60 and you've got eight houses all churning out the income, you know, like uh, Robert G. Allen said, multiple streams of income. It's best to have as many streams of independent income as possible, so, He was talking about not just property, but other things like franchise income, pension income, earnings from renewals from work, those things, that is true. But you can do it all with property, but I would advise other sort of things as well.
0: Yeah, and and that's a good point, you know, different, multiple streams of income, just for example, say you get to, you know, five or 10, then if one of those, I think he says it in his book, doesn't he, if one of those streams stops flowing into your reservoir, then You know, if you've got 10 streams, it's only a 10% reduction to your income until you get the stream going again. In property terms, you know, if one property is empty, it's only a 10% reduction to your income. So if you've got the same property portfolio value in one property, if it's empty, then it's all your income or 50% or whatever it is, depending on what your other streams are. So diversification is always better. Diversification of location, type of property, geographical area, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think the concept of passive income is what we're all searching for. So, you know, you go to bed and there's still the money coming in, and in the morning you're a bit wealthier, you know, because you're not having to work all the time for it. And that is the key, is passive income. And uh, it's not that difficult to create, really, if you start just planning while you can. Obviously, we're not financial advisors, you know, just to have the disclaimer there. know we deal with property but we have helped many people over the years create the property wealth that will give them the pension income they want
0: yeah exactly that's it and um okay well just to recap then what have we got so far we've got defining what an ideal retirement looks like for you what you need in terms of income so start there once you've got a better idea there then you can work backwards like then you can look at putting a case study together or putting an example together like you did where you can see how much income you need to target and then you can figure out how many properties you need and create a clear plan. So, um,
1: what does the future hold, eh? What does the future hold? Yeah. We don't know that, do you? You can't see around corners. That's it. Which is why you've got to diversify. Have as much stuff as possible.
0: But as Ferris Bueller once said, he said <laughs> he said a lot of things, didn't he? So expecting you to guess that was...
1: Well, Ferris Bueller, he said in the shower... Here we go, you've got it. What does he say? He says, I'm not going to be French, I'm not going to France, so why should I go to school to study all about France? Was that the quote you're
0: looking for? No, the other one in the shower, about time. Uh, I don't know. Time moves pretty... Life goes pretty quick, so you better stop and have a look around, or something like that. Yeah. You know, and um, that's the same here, you know, it does go very quickly, and...
1: um, And who would have thought COVID only started 18 months ago
0: yeah it's a weird one isn't it I mean sometimes it feels like yeah it's been going on forever because it's just been the same thing over and over and all the days merge but I mean it's been a long time isn't it
1: god Allah cannot
0: and so um, yeah so give yourself those green lights and get going if you can and I think um,
1: what did um, the Chinese philosophers say I don't know know who What's the quickest? What's the, how do you start out on the longest journey of your life?
0: Uh, well, well, it's often incorrectly attributed to Confucius. Uh, it's actually some other guy, I forget his name. But uh, yeah, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step.
1: How do you eat an elephant? One small bite at a time. Not that you want to eat an elephant, I'm not condoning any anyway. Mistreatment of animals or um, wildlife yeah, investigation.
0: Yeah, I should hope not. I mean, we've actually. We've got quite a few clients in uh, wildlife conservation Indeed. in Africa, believe mm-hmm. it or not, mm-hmm. which um, we wouldn't have had if COVID didn't uh, hadn't have happened, um, because we've met the wall on Zoom. Anyway, um, yeah, there you go. So everyone's situation is different, and everyone's goal for retirement. This is my closing notes. I mean, how, how long have we been going for? Probably not long enough to do closing notes. Seventeen minutes. Everyone's situation is different. Everyone's goal for retirement is different. So, therefore, start by writing down what it looks like, like for you. Where, when, how, and then work back from there. What
1: is your magic number? How much do you want to be retiring on? And focus on that. Make sure when you're buying property that you buy the right sort. I had a client once that put me in my, my box of treats. He worked out that buying a flat, with a ground rent that was super high, he worked out it was costing about two months of a year's rent. And the service charges was not the way to go. So, you know, you need to try and look at something perhaps with these, um, peppercorn ground rents. What do they call them? Virtual, it's virtual. It. Yeah, virtual ground rent, which is basically a 990 year lease. And hopefully the government's going to bring in this, everything going to free, freehold within the next five years as they've promised. But as ever, you can't depend on the government to do anything. So, um, yeah, buy something that's not going to be expensive. Buy something that has a reason for occupancy. I don't buy in Whitby because you like Whitby, although it is a nice place. Some good value old properties there, though. Well, Um, to live in. To live in. Yes, but not to uh, buy as an investment. You know, buy somewhere like Nottingham or Birmingham or Manchester or even, you know, Around the edges of, the, of London, Dagenham, Barking, they're good locations to get get into. And all these places are ongoing and evolutionary because what was a good place would then be taken over by other places. I mean, the latest uh, Aldermore Bank uh, survey of the best buy-to-let locations has got Manchester knocked off the top, it was the number one location. 33% of all its housing stock were rentals or are rentals. That's the very problem with it. It's now got an oversupply of housing stock for rentals, so the yield has dropped, whereas Bristol doesn't. So Bristol's now up at number one. So there's a lot of things to think about. and It's important to get, obviously, advice from a professional that you can trust.
0: Yeah, do your research. You know, seek advice, but also do your own, I would say. Uh, plenty of places to get good quality information nowadays.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we give advice, I often remind myself that, you know, every client has a choice to go elsewhere and get advice from other people, and I hope most people do, because you've got to have an independent uh, decision at the end of the day, and although what we we talk about makes sense, it's not for everyone. So do your own research, definitely, buy beware, caveat emptor, all that sort of stuff. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, what do you think? Should we leave it
1: there? I think that's good enough. 20 minutes. Yeah, I think we should um, We should
0: point people in the directions of where they can get more good quality stuff. Firstly, if you like the podcast, hit that subscribe button, please, guys. Hit it now. Go on. Thanks. Go over to our YouTube. Watch some videos there. The Market Wrap every Wednesday. We're now getting those up to over 1,000 views every week like and subscribe again if you value the content you don't have to um anything else anything else we should point people towards
1: um go to the website there's quite a lot of stuff on our website now it's um very positive i mean we try to be as business-like as possible on this website on this um, podcast because comments i've had with it perhaps we're too jovial so let us know do a comment are we too jovial should we be more business-like or should we actually not do any more let us know. If you don't let us know, yeah. we don't know
0: what to do. But should we bring back some of the banter? Or oh, you're not allowed to say that anymore, are you? What banter? Yeah, I don't know. Why is that? I'm not sure.
1: It sounds like some pretty right. It sounds like some sort of
0: like Laddish af- banter, you know, it's like laddish connotations. or oh, perhaps I thought it was actually an African African world perhaps. I don't know. Zulu, <laughs> or something banter. We can cut we can cut this bit out anyway. Alright. Um Okay, thanks very much for listening. Hope you found it useful. If you are Trying to create a pension with property. Look at what. Look, start at the end and work back from there. Otherwise, it's quite an overwhelming thing, right? Um, Any final comments, Stuart?
1: Um, I think you know a lot of people fall into this. The accidental landlord. You know, I think there's a book somewhere I've read, and you know people do fall into it. But if you really make an effort and work hard at it, it can become a very useful part of your portfolio. And as it said in the Babylonian Talmud. You know, we should split our wealth into goats, into property, and into gold. Gold, yeah. So therefore, that was the Talmud, 2000 BC. You know, take it to heart. Put some into property at least.
0: Yeah, and maybe change goats for stocks and shares or something now. But anyway, okay,
1: thanks very much for listening,
0: and we'll see you next time. ta da ta